All right. We're going to start episode number two of the Journeyman Chronicles. First and foremost, um, man, we want to say thank you. And Alexandra and I did the first interview and um, I was caught off guard by how much people were were going to be how much how receptive they were to it I was hoping they would be I was just caught off guard by how many people have come up to me and said hey podcast is awesome or I just listened to it I just shared it or I had to stop it because I was going into work and now I'm going to finish it on the way home and um Alexandra told me the same thing roughly uh, friends and family a lot of props a lot of love a lot of support thank you thank you thank you thank you please if you haven't already check out the podcast the link will be uh, uh, on the, the fan page um, you can check me out on Spotify you can check me out now you can check me out on Google Podcasts right now I'm still waiting on the big dog which is iTunes I got the big dog to Spotify but iTunes there's a lot of people that are asking me hey Flex is it on iTunes that's what I listen to right now I'm still waiting but anyway thank you Alexandra and I both thank you we got a lot of um, ideas and we got a lot of great things you know and 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 in the pipeline that we want to start implementing uh but one thing we don't want to change is the uh the chemistry that we're starting to feel right now and the deal is um i don't have somebody here to interview um to be honest that game plan is still the same Uh, if anything it's changed a bit in a good way because there have been people that have reached out to me and said hey you know they're interested in the podcast they'd like to be they feel they have a story that they can tell i wasn't expecting that and i say that in a good way i wasn't expecting that i was expecting which i'm still going to do i was expecting to have to go out and say hey you know be a part of this podcast and and i'm still going to do that i'm still going to network but i think it's pretty pretty damn cool that um, that people have listened to the first episode and they already want to be a part of it and um, that just shows me that people get it because of that it kind of put me in this like let me rethink this and call an audible and let me um, let me switch this up because I can't can't say no to, to anybody that wants to do an interview i'm not in a position right now god I'm, I'm i'm hungry i want to talk to everybody so we have a, a we have a plan my wife and i we're going to do an interview one week next week i'm going to share my story with you and then the following week we'll have an interview and then the week after that I share a little bit more of my story. It won't be in order. You know, we were just going through that, my wife and I, and then chronologically going through my life. I don't know. You know. I think talking about certain things that just feel right 
that's the way to go. Here we are. We're saying thank you. We're saying we're going to start episode number two right now because we want to keep this train moving. Okay, we cannot stay stagnant. I learned that a uh, rolling stone gathers no moss. Real quick, let me take a, a swig here of this truly. They do not sponsor me, but it's good. And I will continue to say that. Let's get right into it. So, episode two, Journeyman Chronicles. Let's go. about my journey um i don't want to bore people with things that i feel are boring but maybe they're not boring to you so i have to step out of my comfort zone and i have to um i guess take a leap of faith here but you know and we're going to talk about journeys. I'll share. I'll share mine. I'll share. I'll share bits and pieces of my journey. My parents were born in Lancaster. No, forgive me. I was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. My parents. My mom was born in Lancaster, but shortly after moved to Puerto Rico. I think she came back to Lancaster when she was six or seven years old. My father was born in Puerto Rico. He moved to Boston when he was 12, if I remember correctly. And so my dad made his way to Lancaster. My dad comes from a family of nine. My mom comes from a family of eight. Some of you may know my mom and uh, the Melendez family. Some of you may know my dad and, you know, the Arroyo family. Um, I grew up, I grew up in Lancaster. I grew up in Lancaster, born and raised, um, and graduated in 98, graduated from Lancaster Catholic. I didn't go to Catholic high or, or private school my whole life. I went to public school my whole life. I got bullied and picked on a lot growing up. Um, and, you know, I don't really feel like getting into that now. Maybe one day I will, but you know, yeah, um, I had my fair share of bullies and, uh, you know, looking back, it looks very cliche, but I, I remember going through it and it wasn't, it wasn't cliche at all. It fucking sucked. Uh, and I got picked on a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's middle school now, but back then it was junior high, Wheatland junior high. And it was, it was difficult then too. When I look back, I got picked on a lot then too. And so, Wheatland back then, junior high, was from 7th to ninth grade. 
and I'm eh, yeah, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, my mom said, what do you want to do? You want to go to McCaskey? You want to go to Lancaster Catholic? And I said, nope, I want to go to Lancaster Catholic. My mom graduated from Lancaster Catholic. My dad graduated from McCaskey. But I didn't want to go where everybody else was going. So that's pretty much my youth in a nutshell there. You know, I graduated in 98, went to college for a year. And, you know, dropped out. I had plans to record music get into the whole uh you know business of recording music and a good friend of mine paul shout out to paul kettering he uh he bought some equipment and and a computer and he's super savvy with this shit he went to school for it and I'm in college, and he hits me up. He's like, yeah, I bought this shit right now. I'm going to do it. I need you. I want you to do it with me. And I'm like, I'm taking these gen ed courses. I'm not even doing anything with art. I'm there. Anyway, so I drop out. Um, you know, I'm doing the music thing. And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, I'm a dad. And, and you know. I'm a dad, and everything changes, and, um, you know, the, the the thing about my journey is everything was going a certain way, and then it stopped, and, and I had to go through a divorce, and, you know, I became a dad to two kids who now are 11, and, you know, Kirsten was 11, Caden was 6 going on 7, and I had to start over. And that's hard. That's hard, especially with children. I don't know what it would be like without kids. I just know what it would be like with them. And it was hard because I couldn't just focus on, I couldn't just focus on me rebuilding. I had to focus on me rebuilding, but also be aware that, you know, two kids were watching me. And, um, and so there's a lot of times where I, I couldn't let my, you know, um, I, with my depression, I couldn't let it, uh, di- I couldn't let it distract me. This was, what year was this? Uh, 2013 going into 2014. Yeah. And that went, that year, that winter was cold. It, and I would wake up at 2 2.30 in the morning and it would be ice outside every fucking night. Ice. You know, I look back now and I'm like, that's so ironic that at that point in my life I felt like every night was so fucking cold and icy. And I'm sleeping in uh, I'm sleeping in a basement. My boy let me. Soilo. Shout out to Soilo. Um, him and his lady let me, um, stay there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people do things for you. You don't even know why. I mean, I'm, I've always been cool with Soilo. Um, he could have said no. He could have very well said no when I asked if I could stay there. But he didn't, right? So I had to bounce 
I move into his basement. It's so cold. I got this space heater. And um, I'm laughing to myself because I'm like, this space heater ain't going to do shit in this fucking basement. This basement's not insulated. And I'm not complaining. I'm just laughing at the irony that I brought a space heater to to warm a basement. It's not going to warm a basement. Anyway, you know, uh, Soilo helps me um, partition off a, a section of the basement. I got to talk to them. I don't know where we did it. It was some sort of cloth or... I don't know if I bought it. Oh, no, I bought it. Yeah, I bought it at Home Depot. It was like a painter's cloth. And we nailed it along the ceiling and I partitioned off... You know, he helped me. I partitioned off a, a corner of the basement. And that's where I stayed for five months. I moved in and and uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas of 2013, and I stayed there until May. And um, it was it was a dark time. It was it was a dark time. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. I would be doing this story a disservice if I said that it wasn't. It was dark. Um. But it was because it was the first time that I was without my children. That's why. And, you know, you go through a life of being a parent, um, seeing your kids every night, for the most part, you know. Seeing them every night. Uh, and it was the first time that I couldn't. I couldn't carry my daughter to bed. Or I couldn't carry my son to bed. That hurt. And I just... I filled up an air mattress that my mom and my stepdad got me. Um, They helped me out a lot too. And I filled up this air mattress, which had a fucking headboard. It was the first time I ever saw an air mattress inflate and there was a headboard full of air. And I... I laid there and I covered my face so Soyla wouldn't hear me cry and I bawled my eyes out all night. The first night there. But this basement became my sanctuary because it was the only place that I I had no other memories but me there. You know what I mean? And sometimes when you go through a change in life and you have to let go of something when you come across certain places that remind you of that person or that moment or that event. It's hard because those memories, they're tangible, but they don't just include you. They include everyone else or other things. This this basement was mine, and that was one of the best things that I could give myself at that time because I needed a ground zero um so I started um well I guess I just started focusing on work pretty much yeah January 2014 I'm focusing on work I went and saw um a therapist because I was uh, I had dealt with some suicidal shit and, and and you know we can get into that too. I just, I really want to focus on the, the basement aspect of my, of my story. 
but I dealt with some suicidal shit and I had to see therapy. So I was, that's what I was doing. I was, I was scheduling therapy. I was, I was working and I come home, I'd see Soilo, I say, what's up? Um, you know, this is also the same, uh, house and, and, you know, that I would go record music at cause Soilo records. He's an engineer. And, uh, so I had access to the studio and so at first I didn't really utilize it, but I, I think probably within a month or two, then I, I started to, I started writing and since I was there, I was like, well, I might as well fucking record while I'm here. And so that was my life for about, uh, two months, two months while I was there, I was working. I'd see my kids when I could, but I was never really going out. Um, and then about a month, a month and a half in, I started to go out. I would go like to Tobias Frog on uh, Columbia Avenue. And I would just sit there and I'd watch football games on a Sunday. I don't think I went anywhere else. I think it was just Tobias. And um, I'd say about, well, we're at February now. Yeah, beginning of February. My air mattress <laughs> starts to deflate. I start getting these holes in my air mattress. And so I'm waking up in the you know middle of the night on the cold basement floor. Literally, there's no air in my air mattress. And so I'm inflating it. And then I, you know, I have to keep waking up and inflating it. My daughter's like, you know, I got some uh I got some duct tape, Dad. It's it's cheetah print duct tape. Um and I said, I don't care. I'll take it. And, and then I patched it with duct tape. And that worked for a little bit. But I kept I kept losing air in the air mattress. I kept waking up on the floor. And so where my room is partitioned off, it's not that far from the studio. In the basement. It's in the same basement. Um, and there's a futon in the basement. So I, I asked Soilo. I'm like, are you cool if I sleep in this basement? I mean, excuse me. If I sleep in the studio. I need I need something to sleep on. I'll just crash on the futon. So I kind of I, <laughs> what do you call those the, the people that roam? Uh, not homeless. I'm not talking about homeless people. They're there. Um, yeah, was it nomad? Yeah, I felt like a nomad Tra traveling from my makeshift room in the basement to the studio. And I uh, brought my, I had my comforter and my pillow. And of course, these, these are all things that I bought at Walmart right before I showed up at Soilo's house. Um, and I'm laying on this comforter and I'm fucking angry. I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. And this damn air mattress keeps deflating. And I got to sleep on this futon, which I'm grateful for. If anybody knows, though, there's no such thing as a comfortable futon. They they got this bar. It's like a sofa bed where the bar is in the way. It's uncomfortable. I'm a big guy. I mean, I had lost. I was thinner than I than I am now, but I still was a big guy. I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, all right, let me just see if I can just relax. And I would lay in this futon and I would scroll through my phone and I'd go to sleep and I'm scrolling through social media and I go to sleep. But 
One of these nights is when I came across a picture of my wife. That's when I first met or saw my wife, Alexandra. And I tell her this story often. Or at least I think I do. Maybe I don't tell as much as I used to. Um, and maybe I've never told it in, in detail like this. But I'm scrolling and, and I happen to pass over a friend of a mutual friend of ours. Um, I pass over her her page on Instagram and there's this picture of her and Alexandra and I'm just like, Oh my god, this woman is beautiful. Like like I've seen pretty women before, but there was like this like I was drawn it sounds so fucking cliche, but it's true. I was drawn. I was drawn in. I was pulled in. Just like anybody else, right? You start you start looking at the comments. You're looking to see if somebody I need a name to go with this picture. And I must have I must have made me Alexandra must have commented or something. I kind of put two and two together. I I bounce over to Alexandra's uh, profile. It's private. And so I'm like, well, I'm not just going to hit her up. I'm not just going to hit this woman up uh, with a friend request. And let me at least comment. I think I might have commented back to her or something. And, you know, there was like a, a dialogue that kind of was created in the comments. I can't be the only guy that's done that or a woman. This is like everyday shit. I think I just had my fair share of it at this moment. This is my little experience of it. So, you know, after building this repertoire and dialogue, I finally was like, all right, well, you know, let me send her a friend request because it's not like she doesn't know who I am now. I got the friend request sent. She accepted it. So now I'm looking at all these pictures. I'm like, this woman is drop dead gorgeous. My wife is drop dead gorgeous. I know, uh, you know, you can say that I say that because um, she's my wife or my wife tends to say that I look at her with loving eyes, which I do. But I mean, drop that gorgeous. And I'm wondering, like, you know, well, man, I wonder if she got a man. And so then I go on Facebook and I look her up on Facebook and there she is there. So I have friend request her on Facebook. And, you know, that's how my wife and I, that's, that's how we really met, was I slid into her DMs finally on Facebook and was just like, you know, like, hey, I don't know if you if you remember me, my name. No, no, wait, I don't think I said that. Alexandra said that to me. I said, I don't know if uh, you know me, my name is such and such. By this point, I'm talking to my sister and my sister's like... You don't remember her, do you? Now, this this is all through text message. And so you can imagine, you know, um, you know what it is, you know, when you're when you're meeting somebody and you're texting and you're you got those highs and you got those butterflies and you got those like you you're waiting for the, the message back. You know, I'm at work and I'm finding every excuse I can to get off the dock or go drive my forklift into a random trailer just so I can pull my phone out 
And I'm talking to my sister and she's like, you know, I noticed you guys are talking in these comments. Do you remember her? And I'm like, I don't know who she is. And my sister reminds me that there was a time way before this. After I had graduated high school, I had gone back to visit what you could do back then. So I could just walk in. I walked in. I'm, I'm going through all the hallways. I'm shooting the shit with all the teachers that I liked. And um, I must have been walking the hallway as the bell rang. And I turned a corner and I ran right into Alexandra. And this is what my sister's telling me. Because this is what Alexandra at that point had told my sister, Veronica. And she's saying, I turned the corner, I bumped into her. And all the papers and all the books go flying. It's that like cliche scene in the movie. And I'm helping her pick it all up. And and that was it. It was kind of like a, a little like, sorry about that. But we didn't we didn't chop it up or nothing because I don't remember it that well. But my sister remembered it very, very well. <laughs> and I kind of I kind of had a vague memory of it as she's telling me and you know, I'm I'm like, man, that's so crazy. You know, this woman's beautiful, and there that happened. And so, Alexandra and I start talking. And um, one night, I'm over at uh, Tobias Frog, like I mentioned earlier. And she's, you know, she's talking to me, and she's just like, I'm like, why don't you come over here and join me? And she's like, where are you? And I tell her, and she's like, I'll be there. And that's when I first met her. And that was it. And now mind you, it's, you know, February 2014. It's it's still icy out. It's cold. And I had, you know, waited and waited. And then she's, you know, she, she texted. She's pulling into the parking lot. I go out there. And I walk with her because I didn't want her to slip. And there's just something this whole time. There's something that's kind of like. It's different. It's not like butterflies. It's I mean, it's butterflies, but it's like this. Um, like you're you're closer to something that you've been looking for. You just didn't know you were looking for it, but now that you're this close to it, your body starts responding. Uh, your soul starts resonating. You feel it, and you just want to dwell in it. And I just sat there with Alexandra and we sat and talked for two hours it felt like five minutes and we talked pretty much like I'm talking to you right now we talked about everything but not everything you know what I mean we 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 felt like we talked about everything and I just I remember looking at her it was the first time I saw her smile it's the first time I heard her laugh and here I am going through like you know the worst experience of my life and this woman just just walked in and completely just made me forget it all. And, uh, you know, we started dating shortly after. I, I say shortly, like I think like a week. But, um, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up, and you know, I'm not trying to be all... You know, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm not losing focus here. I know I, it, this is all part of it because I wasn't ready for it, you see. And one of the best things that Alexandra ever did for me is while we were dating the first time, um, she recognized 
where I was at. And she recognized that I wasn't ready. And she made a decision, you know, after a while that this wasn't going to work right now. And she pulled out and she stopped the relationship, which broke my heart. But she could have very well not done that. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that we all need that ground zero. And she knew that if she were to continue staying in my life the way that she was, she would rob me of that. And then what? You know, and then what would happen is I would be right back probably in the same position because I wasn't ready. And so we would be building a relationship, you know, on sand instead of on stone. But one of the things I did that I was really, really proud of was that I did, you know, this entire time I, I didn't stop thinking about my kids. Now, I didn't introduce Alexandra to my children or vice versa. It just wasn't the right time. But I never stopped thinking about them and keeping them in my thoughts. And so um, I, I bring that up because I didn't, I still stayed focused even though I was heartbroken you know, I was, we, we had still kind of dated, but it was different. It was like, um, it just wasn't the same. And I could tell, I was like, man, I fucked this one up. You know, it, maybe it was like some, you know, an, an attitude I had that I just did it too many times. And after the third time I was it, and, you know, the relationship was over and I'm thinking to myself, man, I fucked this up. This woman's too perfect and I fucked it up. And but what I did was I just I just said, you know what, I need to get out of this basement. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say some crazy shit here and I didn't I never told anybody this and I, I think I may have told Alexandra, but you know, your belief in this is your belief. I'm not here to I'm not here to be you know the the paranormal the paranormal activist. Um, but when I began to get depressed, there was an energy that entered that basement and it stayed with me and it was not good. And, um, I remember talking to my sister and my brother-in-law about it and I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm telling them about it and they're like, yeah, you need to get, you need to get out of there. And, and I did. <clears throat> but you know it, that showed me that the the minute I allowed sadness and depression and and anger anger with myself to overcome any other emotion in my body, I then opened the door for negative energy and like real negative energy to enter the area and the vicinity with me. And it got to the point where I would be in that basement and I could sense that I felt like somebody was in there with me watching me. And it was just weird, man. So that's when I was like, you know, I got to get my shit together. My heart's broken. It, it, it is. And, but you know, I, I gotta go. I gotta get my own place. And I did. I did. I got my own place. I ended up, uh, 
um, getting a, a spot back in Lank. You know, at this time, uh, when I got my divorce, I was living in Landisville. And so I got an apartment back in my hometown in Lancaster on Ruby Street, right across the street from uh, Jethro's. Um, and I, oh man, it was great. You know, I didn't have like everything, but I had an apartment and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a two unit building. I had the bottom floor and the bottom floor came with the basement. Now the top unit on the second floor, they could access that basement if they wanted to, but they never did. And so not only did I have, you know, my one bedroom apartment, I also had access to the basement and that's, you know, man, I went down there and I worked out, I meditated, I I did a lot of like, you know, photo shoots from my, um, uh, from my promoting my record that I was trying to make and I did a lot of that on my own, but I did it in the basement. I bring that up because this goes back to the ground zero talk. This apartment had no other memories but me i didn't have anything to attach it except for me and the kids nothing attached it to to the the apartment itself to this apartment but the memories of myself and with my children that's important if you want to start over you gotta wipe the slate clean you can't you can't dwell in the past with one foot and keep another foot in your future. It don't work like that. And sometimes it's hard, but you know, it just doesn't work. So I had the apartment and I moved in in May. Um, I moved in in May of 2014. And I stayed there for almost two years. When I moved into the apartment, Alexandra and I were still talking, but it wasn't, we weren't intimate. We weren't dating. Um, And I could tell, I could tell she was pulling away, but I was rightfully so trying to focus on me still. Um, But there was a a selfish part of me that was still trying to win her back. Um, And so my world in a way was my children work and then hopefully winning Alexandra back. But it was, you know, it was just the opposite. You know, I could tell she was you know, winding down and fading away. And that summer, um, I just kind of locked into uh, to me. And my sister and my brother-in-law ended up getting married. I was in it. Um, and I knew that Alexandra had been invited to it. So there was a lot this summer of 2014 that I was like, I know I'm going to see this woman again. I'm not sure if my heart's going to be ready to take this in. Um, but of course I'm trying to play it like I'm good and anybody's going to do that. You know, you don't ever want them to see you suffering or 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 breaking down you don't want them to see that you want them to see you good so i made sure you know come uh, october when my my sister and brother-in-law got married 
I was making sure I was looking fly shit. And uh and I believe I did and I I'm I saw Alexandra at the wedding. She looked fabulous. And um that was the last time I saw Alexandra for a year and a half. No. Uh, a year. A year. We had already been broken up sort of by that point by six months. So that's why I say a year and a half. But it was from that point. After my, my sister and Ronnie and David's wedding. After that point. When I knew... There was no other future events that I was probably going to see Alexandra. I knew then, okay, well then, now you need to really focus on you. Stop sweating shit and get busy. And that's what I did. And that's when I really feel like my growth took place. Um, and, you know, you, you understand that you're single and so you're, you're trying to mingle and you're talking to other women, other people, but you, it ain't the same. I really just stayed focused on me. And, uh, and I got to the point where I just needed to let go of people. Um, let go of negative energy. And you're always doing that, by the way. You know, you're probably hearing me say you, you, you were just talking about leaving the negative energy in the basement, Felix. Well, you're always doing it. You're always leaving negative energy because as soon as you get good and comfortable and happy, you're going to realize there's negative fucking energy trying to get in. You don't like it when you're happy. So you always got to be hip to it, homie, and you you got to get away from it. So that's what I did. And, and um you know, by this point, um, my kids are coming over to my place every other weekend. And this is the only time I get to see my kids, really. I mean, you, you, you figure for the past two years, you only get to see your kids every other weekend or a few mornings here and there when you take them to school versus seeing them every day beforehand. You know, before all my life changing, I saw my kids every day. That's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. For anybody. Um, but eventually you get you get into the routine of things. And that's where I was at that time. And I, I was happy. You know, I missed that apartment. I say that not... I don't mean I don't... I'm not happy where I am now. I just miss having that experience... And so what I do often is I remember it. Maybe that's the whole purpose. I remember it to keep me grounded. And one of the things that I had in that apartment when I first moved in is, and I didn't have much, but I had this three shelf Rubbermaid storage, like a storage, little storage shelf thing. You can buy them at Walmart. And um, when I moved out of Soyla's basement, and he had it. And I said, hey, do you mind if I keep this? He's like, yeah, go ahead, take it. That's what I was keeping my underwear and socks in, in the basement. And so I, so I brought that, and I had it sitting in the living room. It was empty, the living room of my apartment. 
when my kids came into the apartment and looked around, you know, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't like, uh, I was expecting them to be like, wow, dad, this is great. You're, my kids were just like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I was just like, isn't this great? And she was like, yeah. My daughter was like, this is nice. And I think Caitlin was just like, okay, well, can I just, can I just play Xbox now? And, um, and, and I bring that up because before I got the couch and before I got the coffee table and the entertainment center and the TV and that living room, it was just that three shelf storage container. And my kids used it for homework. And my kids used it to eat their dinner. My kids used it to color. I'm trying not to get choked up, but they used it for everything. And I took a picture of it and I lost it. It was on my old phone, but, um, that's all they had, but they were good. And the year, you know, fast forward years later, um, on it, the house that we have now, um, I'm grateful and I'm blessed. This is a beautiful home. And my daughter gives me a gift for, uh, you know, Alexandra and I were just talking about this. And I can't, was it Father's Day? Or, I can't remember if it was Father's Day or um, my birthday. But she gives me a picture of the, the three shelf storage unit in a frame. It's the same one. She just took a picture of it. And she framed it and she gave it to me. She just wanted me to always remember that uh, where I came, where I was at. That's where I was. And, and I'm, I, here I am now. And I'm paraphrasing, you know, I don't think she said it in those words, but that was the gist of the intent of the gift. And I, I still have it. We have it um, sitting here in the family room. And um, I still have that three shelf storage container up in the closet upstairs. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm not trying to ramble on here, but it's you know, if you want to talk about a journey, yeah, I got mine. You know, and there's levels. There's a lot more, obviously, and and there's stuff that I don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, but the the fact of the matter is. Um, I was able to going through all of that. I grabbed things and kept it in my pocket. Good things, things that I could hold on to things that I could remember things that I could draw inspiration from in the future when I would feel down. And, you know, if that's one thing that I would ask you to do, if you're going through something is that. You know, your current situation does not define who you are. It's how you react or how you act in your current situation. That's what defines you. I am I am very, very grateful. If you're still listening to this, God love you. Because, God, I can just talk and go on. and fucking, I'm taking a drink. Hold on. Excuse me. So, 
next time we sit and chop it up, I'll, uh, I'll share something else. But anyway, right now I'm going to get ready to turn in. And, um, but before I do, I want to thank you. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Uh, please do not forget to share if you wouldn't mind. Follow the podcast if you wouldn't mind. Like and, and hit me up with a donation if you wouldn't mind. I hate, hate asking, but I'm telling you right now, it's for a bigger, bigger cause. I got a lot of plans. I could use your help. But regardless, I'm going to keep bringing it. We got a lot of stuff lined up here. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this started. So, y'all be safe. Remember, maintain focus and continuous through all four seasons.